Welcome to About Faith with Alec Klein. I'm honored to be your host of this weekly half-hour program airing on HLE Radio every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central and replayed Sundays at 5 p.m. Central. We'll be hearing inspiring stories from people from all walks of life sharing with us their journey to faith. Today, we're with Vicki Speed. Vicki built a career in construction and project management. Along the way, she met the man of her dreams. By day, Mitch was a heavy equipment operator. By night, he was an up-and-coming country singer. Ultimately, Mitch became a detective with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. But then, tragedy struck. Vicki has dealt with grief on a daily basis, but she has also found resilience. Vicki, please begin at the beginning of your story. Uh, thank, thank you, Alec, uh, for having me. And, you know, first let me say, you know, without, without God, I, I wouldn't even be telling this story right now. Um, I actually met my husband at the age of 24. We, uh, funny, we, we thought we wanted to just be friends, and that's how it started, but it really shortly, uh, we both realized that uh, we had, number one, we had praying moms who were uh, praying for both of us to really settle down and, and kind of get it together. And a year and a half later, we married. Uh, six weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with our son, which, uh, you know, wasn't part, of the, wasn't part of our perfect plan, but it was an incredible plan. Yeah. And uh, we have a 28-year-old son now, uh, Brody. Um, my husband had a lot come against him in his life. Father walked out on him at the age of five. Uh, he was raised by a single mother. He and his brother both. They were both adopted, but not blood brothers. And he was really given this incredible life by an incredible woman of God, and she stood firm on the Bible. She raised her boys that way. That Bible ruled her home, and she ruled with an iron fist, but she was an incredible woman. And one of the things she always did is she told her boys, um, be who you are. Don't be who the world wants you to be. And I really think that's um, where Mitch's talent came from. And Great where advice. He was yeah, he was never afraid to go after his goals and dreams. And I think at a young age, you know, write, writing poetry and being soft like that maybe could be considered weak, but she really encouraged him. And I think it's a lesson that I learned um, with our son from that. So you, the two of you uh, get married, and what's uh, life like together? Well, you know, it's the typical. We we had our life laid out. Uh, we had we were going to own a two-story house with the white picket fence. Uh, he was going to become this big country star. We were going to take over the family business. Uh, you know, I think you get married and you just you have this perfect life laid out, and uh, it didn't work out that way for us. Uh, shortly after we got married, he actually. Um, had a pretty heated exchange with his dad, who did come back to his life when he was 18. And he walked out of his job. Uh, we had a baby at home. Um, you know, Mitch was always a worker. It was never, um, I quit my job. And, and he was not one to quit. But, you know, things happen in family. And yeah. he ended up going to work um, for the federal government as a heavy, heavy equipment operator. And, you know, life, I guess, was normal. But he wasn't happy in his job. Yeah. And I believe music was his outlet. He did that right. for five years. But at the end of that five years, we had, um, 
you know, we had issues like every other family, but but something that brought um, to our home with Mitch, you know, being out in the bars and being out in the music scene and being out in that was, um, you know, alcohol came into our home and it was a part of, it started as a comfort level for him to get on the stage and sing, but then it just became, he didn't need it anymore. It just became a part of what he was doing. And I right. think it's hard not to do that when you're in that environment. So about year five, um, it wasn't that I asked him to decide. I just needed to let him know I was not going to live this life and raise my son in this. What had precipitated this sort of moment uh, that you said to him, you know, enough is enough? What was going on at that point? Well, you know, the, we'll call them gigs. The gigs ended at 2 o'clock on Friday and Saturday night, and you know, with 3.30 was a normal time to be home, but now it was 5 o'clock, 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m., and, you know, there was drinking and driving. There was um, just, I felt like, putting our marriage at risk because of the mm-hmm. environment you're in, and not that my husband ever did anything because he, he was a very committed man to his marriage. That wasn't my concern. It was the environment that he was in, and now with him being gone every weekend, you know, he really wasn't available as a dad. Right. And my son would be up at 6.30 in the morning, and my husband's walking in um, pretty intoxicated. And uh, there, that was my decision. When he came yeah. home at 6.30 in the morning, that was kind of the final draw for me. And I, like I said, it wasn't, um, I want you to decide over your goals and dreams and me. It was... I'm not going to choose to live my to raise our son like this, and this right. is not the husband that I want, nor the marriage that I want. Well, so so what happened? Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, gave him some things to think about, and uh, I told him these aren't ultimatums, but I'm letting you know I'm not going to live like this. And really, uh, my it wasn't even a oh I need to think about it. Um, my husband had been thinking about really what his dreams were because he was so unhappy at work and it was affecting our marriage. He had uh, done the country music thing for five years. He'd done everything to get signed. It wasn't happening. And uh, he personally made a decision that um, this isn't how he wanted to raise his son. And it was time really to kind of pull the plug and follow his dreams. And that was I think that was probably March or April, and in September of the same year, he walked into my office one day. I was at work, and he didn't normally come by, and I remember looking up, and he said, I have to talk to you. You know, and you think, oh, my gosh, what is coming? You know, we've been (laughs) kind of having these battles, and um, he said, I need to tell you that I just applied for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and I passed. Oh, wow. We had never discussed this. I never knew this was a dream that he had. He was told at the age of 21 by um, a mentor who was also an officer for a different department not to apply because he would never make it, and that stuck with him. Wait, I'm sorry. Why why would they tell him that? Uh, You know, I don't think Mitch was the model teenager. (laughs) You know, he got into some mischief. He He grew up in a small town. Nothing, nothing bad. Well... Vicky, that must have been kind of a shock to hear him present this to you out of the blue. I, it was like my, my mouth was hanging on my desk. And I said, <laughs> what did you just say? And my brother was a deputy at the time, so we were around it. And my sister-in-law was also a deputy for L.A. County. So it had been, you know, something we'd been around, not to any great extent. But 
Um, he said, I needed to tell you because I have to be back in the morning and I need a suit and I need you to go with me. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, uh, oh, okay. Um, what made you do this? <laughs> so, you know, we had, a, we had a great discussion that evening and obviously I was very proud of him. I didn't know, but uh, we've always supported each other's dreams. We've always, we'd always been very supportive of each other and, that was actually the beginning of uh, him becoming a deputy for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. It was, you know, having a, a young son at home. He actually moved away when he went to the academy, and um, I supported him. I was excited for him. I knew this was life-changing for us. Right. And it really changed our marriage. It was, you know, he got out of the uh, – at this point, there was no drinking. There was no – you know, that was a personal decision that he had made. But, yeah. uh, it, you know, it – we were married about seven years, and uh, things seemed to be getting better. And along came this job, and I was excited, and we talked. We talked about, um, you know, infidelity because it's law enforcement. You're with women. We talked about the drinking because of the stress of the job. We, you know, we had honest conversations about all this, and yeah. we went into it, and my husband knew it was not something I was going to tolerate. And we had that discussion. We had it once, and we were done. Wow. So he, he got into this job and, you know, it was an amazing career. He uh, went to the jails for about four years, came out to patrol um, out where we live in the Antelope Valley. We live in California. And, you know, life seemed pretty good. And, uh, you know, it was, like I said, it, he really took care of us. As, you know, we bought a, a beautiful home. Uh, you know, we had everything that went with it, the toys, the cars, the... Well, Vicki, if I could stop you there. So w was this, after all, the the job, the career that he wanted, you know, did he find the fulfillment that he was looking for? Yes, completely. My husband was so happy. And uh, the funny part is he actually became a singer for Los Angeles County, singing the national anthem and a couple other songs at a big political event. So we used to laugh and say this was win-win. You know, <laughs> he had his dream job and he still got to sing. So Right, right. Yes, he was. Um, he was extremely happy, but... You know, give it um, several years down the road, my husband really started progressing very quickly in his career. He became um, a detective. He became on specialized teams, which were, you know, they're very prestigious. And with that came more and more time away from home, uh, longer hours. Um, right. With some of these teams, you have to be available 24-7. You can get called in the middle of the night. You know, we all know crime doesn't stop. It's it's right. around the clock. And, you know, we started really just, I guess, putting our marriage aside and putting, putting things aside. I started focusing on our son. That was a decision, you know, we made together. Um, I would work. He would have the career. And then I would focus on our son and be, able, be available for sports and everything he had going. But, you know, with that, um, after time came a lot of resentment about this job from me. Mm. I um, felt neglected. I felt that my husband loved his job more than he loved me. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and I think there was some envy maybe and some jealousy because I saw his success and his happiness. Yeah. And I think I wanted him to walk in the door and put that on me. Like, oh, I'm so excited to see you. And I'm, I'm, you know, just as happy to be here as I am at work. But unfortunately, we didn't address it and we didn't deal with it. We left it as is, and we became the married couple that 
Um, we just existed in the same house. And when well, you have to... Well, Vicki, I mean, how many years into the marriage is this are we talking about? At this point, we're talking 14, 15 years of marriage. So okay. we were, we, you know, we weren't newly married. And, uh, you know, we just existed. It came to that point. And really what happened, the breaking point for us was we dropped our son off at college and he was 18 years old and we came back home. And I told my husband, you know, after a couple of days, I said, I don't, I don't know if I'm in love with you anymore and I don't know if I want to be married. I wow. feel like there's nothing between us. What did he say to that? Uh, you know, my husband was in this forever. He was, mm. he was a committed man. And he said, well, you know, Vic, I married you forever and we need to figure this out. And I, I just told him, I said, I just have to be honest. I just don't think I'm in love with you anymore. There's, we, we've let this go for so long. At this point, it had been five or six years. I, I said, there's just nothing there for me. So we literally, that was the end of the discussion, and we went about our life. So we started existing in the same home. We kind of, you know, passed through the door, and, uh, you know, well, my husband... Well, let me ask you this, Vicki. I mean, were you expecting to get divorced at this point? You know, I said it, and I really... I'm not sure that that's what I really wanted. I did yeah. want, I knew I was married to an incredible man. That wasn't even the issue. It's just how do you get these feelings back? How do you fall yeah. back in love? And, um, you know, fast forward, my husband had told me that he wished we could just become friends again, that we could kind of stop the, the coldness and the quietness and the um, so I agreed to that. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, I can do that. I can, why we figure this out. And I really thought I was leaving. And I didn't know how, but I thought I was leaving. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we have a plan yeah. and God laughs. So um, there were, it was probably about a year, two years into it. Um, we seemed to be getting, you know, along as friends, but there's still nothing had really changed. His career was just at a at a high. I was working and um, we kind of, you know, just, living life and um my husband as actually, friends really as really friends. as friends yes mm. as friends and i loved him but i still was not in love with him as my husband right and uh my husband actually came home one day we were uh we were both raised in christian homes and i'll say this we knew better we yeah. we did we knew better we had um left god outside and really didn't invite him in we we left him in the backyard and that's where he sat and my husband came home one day and he said, I've made a decision, Vic, for me, not for you. Um, I'm going back to church. I'm going to get my life right with God. And I've asked God to um, make me the husband and father that I'm supposed to be and the man I'm supposed to be. This has nothing to do with you. Um, I'd love if you'd go to church with me, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting you to, but I just want you to know I want to change. Wow. Well, what, what a pronouncement. I mean, how did you take that? You know, it, it, it's funny. It was um, it was incredible, and I thought, wow. But then I'll be honest with you. My first thought was, he really wants me to go to church. Is he kidding right now? <laughs> I, I wasn't there. I was not there. I was not. Um, and my husband did go to church without me, and I let him. Yeah. So uh, this went on for a while, and I started seeing these changes in him, and he literally got off of me. There was no fighting. There was no, and he really was focused on himself. Well, all of a sudden, you know, God really just, you know, he moves. And I knew my husband was praying for our marriage and for me. And, and you start feeling, you know, and the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, um, you might want to go to church with your husband. 
you might want to change, you might want to, and I bought it, and I thought it was <laughs> fine, and anyhow, I, I don't want to say I gave in, but I started attending church with my husband, and I just saw these incredible changes with him, and finally, I just surrendered to God, and I just told him I wanted to be the wife, the mom, and the woman that he created me to be, and I, and I realized I had pushed God out of my life. That's amazing in itself that, you know, you came around to that conclusion. And how did he take that from you, you know, that you were kind of saying, look, I'm, I'm trying? You know, my husband never batted an eye, and I think he really turned me, just relinquished me to God and relinquished himself to God. And there was never a, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you, or, oh, I'm so glad you went to church. He really made a decision to live by example, and that's really what I, um, what I put it to was, he decided to, uh, to be the leader of the home. Hey, so let's take a quick break. I wanna tell you about this cool new product I just learned about. It's called Mark, M-A-R-C. It's a brochure with video content running inside it. Picture a business card, but it's about the size of a tablet. It's light, made of paper, and opens up like a book and plays your video. It's perfect for a business wanting to pitch a product or service to their customers. What makes Mark really cool is the data you get back. It's the first video brochure to use 5G technology, which means you'll know how many of your marks were opened, how many times, for how long, and more. Learn more about Mark by visiting the ad on my radio webpage, or by clicking on the banner ad on the HLE radio homepage, or by visiting markmedia.io. That's marcmedia.io okay let's get back to the show he decided to uh to be the leader of the home and he led by example and therefore i started following him and i i fell into you know his example and then i just uh you know was going to church together and really just surrendering to god we we both wanted our marriage to work and it is only by God's grace and the, and the beauty of God and his love and forgiveness that my husband and I fell into love deeper than we, uh, we ever had in our life from not even the day we got married. And it's, it's a love that's only well, from God. Well, hold on here. So after all of the heartache and the troubles and so forth, you're saying that you sort of fell back in love after all these years. How did that happen? You know, I think as we surrendered, my husband and I started communicating. We started talking. We had very honest conversations about um, how we felt about each other, what got us here, what got us in this mess, uh, how were we going to change it, what could we do to change it. Uh, we trained together. My husband would go to work. Um, his days, his, the beginning of his week started on Mondays. So every Monday at 4.30 a.m. before he left, I would get up. We would pray together. We would pray for our marriage, our family, for law enforcement, for my husband to return every day, um, and really for God to continue just changing and blessing our marriage. And that alone was huge. Uh, we started well, a, dating again. Wait, wait a second. What do you mean by dating again? What does that look like? You know, um, we tell you know uh, I tell people this all the time. Don't ever start stop dating your spouse. So uh, my husband's work week ended on Thursdays, which didn't normally mean it could be Friday morning at three a.m. But 
every Thursday at 5 o'clock we met for dinner. It was our date night. And we sometimes it would be very short. He would have to return to work. But, you know, it's just to keep that connection. It was just to see each other, to, um, you know, hold hands across the table, have a meal together. And really we were learning to fall in, you know, fall in love all over again. And it's the things you do before you get married. It's um, and that that's really what we were learning. That's what God was showing us, and well, we put that into play. Well, Vicky, so this is a beautiful story, and it sounds like that in itself was a miracle. How you came together. Now I know, of course, that uh, you ran into a challenge though after this. Can you tell us about that? What happened? Yes, in in May 2016, our our married marriage had had really been healed for just a very short time, which is, I'll say, three to four years, if that. Um, mm. My husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And the crazy part is my husband had just run a the biggest law enforcement race that happens once a year. He's a runner. Um, he had just run it in March. He was not feeling good. He thought it was because he was 50. Uh, he was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. He stepped away from work, unfortunately, uh, never returned. Um, he was active. Um, he passed in July 2018. But I think the beauty... Well, wait, sorry, Vicki, before you go there, I mean, to what extent was it a surprise that he had cancer? Because, I mean, it sounds like you're you're moving along in your lives and then suddenly you're saying you have stage four cancer. Well, you know... Talking later on, uh, my husband did know for a while. Um, he did feel it was cancer, but being a man, he didn't want to say anything. Um, it was a complete and total shock to me. I had no idea. Um, it was a gut punch. I tell people it was um, it was a bat to my knees. It dropped me to the ground uh, when this when this happened. Um, but I want to share. The day that we were at the doctor's office, you know, my, my husband's faith was so strong at this point. Uh, when we were at the doctor's office, we walked out and my husband grabbed my hand and he, he um, very sternly said, um, Vicki, we will never ask God why. Do I make myself clear? Instead, we're going to ask God to use us. Do you understand me? Wow. And I still couldn't process what was going on. I didn't understand the magnitude of this. Uh, at this point, we didn't know it was stage four. I just heard the word cancer, and my head was spinning, and I said yes, but I knew my husband meant that. So over the next 26 months, you know, after the, the diagnosis came, it really was a roller coaster of treatments, and uh, he did really well right away, and then it just well, was... Vicky, if I could ask you a question, if I can ask you a question given the situation you were in, I mean, you had just sort of regained your husband. You had just regained your marriage and you were deeply in love. To what extent were you sort of grappling with the knowledge that you were going to lose him, that you were going to lose all this? I mean, how were, how were you dealing with that? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you ask that. I, um, in I know this is going to be crazy to a lot of people, but in June, the following month after my husband was diagnosed, I was sitting on our back patio and uh, I was drinking my coffee and I was really trying to take all of this in, like, like what is happening? And I looked up into the sky and I could see the palm of God's hands. They were huge. And he said very clearly, I am going to prepare you to be alone, but I will take care of you. 
And it, but with that came peace. And I didn't know what that meant because it could be tomorrow, it could be 20 years, but I made a decision right then I was not going to live in death because I knew God had me. So I chose in this battle to never go to death with my husband. I was in this battle with him. I loved him more than I've ever loved him in my life. I was going to do whatever he needed. He was my number one priority. I felt my husband could beat this. I knew if anybody could, he could. And, you know, we had agreed, and my husband told me, I will either be healed on earth or I'll be healed in heaven. And there was peace in that. And we chose to live in that. And it honestly, it wasn't until maybe a month before he passed that it actually hit me that my husband was going to go home. But that was a decision that I made and that we made together. And I really think, you know, that's God. But that's, yeah. um, that's where our faith was. Well, that must have been, a, I was going to say, Vicki, that must have been difficult for you and for your husband to sort of go through this period when he's in clear decline, that, that, that there's, an, there's an end to this, if you will. I mean, that must have been hard to see, see that decline, no? Well, you know, here's the, it, if there can be beauty in this, uh, you know, my husband, from the day he was diagnosed, he became this warrior for God. He wrote a book. He, uh, he didn't stop living. He would go to the station. He had deputies going to church. He started a Bible study. He was, uh, one of the things is when you have cancer, they want you to walk. He started a walking group. He had, he had deputies on duty coming out to walk with them. He would share the word. Yeah. And this never stopped until he died. We had people come into our home when he was bedridden. He would pray for you. He would tell you, don't pray for me. I want to pray for you. I'm going to heaven. You're stuck on earth. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> so there, there was so much beauty in, um, you know, we hear cancer and we think it's so awful, but my husband's story really was beautiful. And he became this, this man for God. And uh, he, we, People really, they would say, I, I didn't even know Mitch had cancer. You oh, know, wow. it's, it's just, um, and you didn't really until the end. And he well, didn't talk about it. Well, Vicki, you know, we're running out of time here. So uh, unfortunately, because it's such an incredible story. But so what happened uh, in the aftermath? I mean, w did you find meaning uh, in the struggle and in the pain that you went through and that, uh, that Mitch went through? Well, I want to share with you what God brought to my life. Uh, after, uh, in 2016, when Mitch was diagnosed, um, I had, they had actually done a fundraiser for him, and I had been introduced to a sergeant's wife um, that evening. And uh, 10 days later, uh, Sergeant Steve Owen was murdered in the line of duty, and it devastated our community in this station and my husband and all the men and women he worked with. But what God has done is, uh, unbeknownst to me, Mitch asked Tanya Owen, Steve's wife, to please look out for me because he knew he was dying. I didn't know that. Um, after Mitch's death, uh, Tanya and I, uh, through God, formed a sisterhood, not a friendship, but a sisterhood. Uh, you would think that we had been sisters our whole life. We have uh, started a foundation for our husbands to give back to law enforcement. We actually uh, are finishing a book telling our stories in depth and about what God did. Um, our book will be out later this year. 
it's called After the Badge. And uh, our, our foundation website is owenspeed.com. It shares our stories. It talks in depth about our husbands and who they were. What is the, the message that uh, you and Tanya are trying to convey to people through the foundation, through the book, through your experience, your shared experience of suffering and loss? What is it that you're hoping people will uh, glean from it? I think for Tanya and I, uh, the depths of our marriage and our struggles and hitting rock bottom and God saving our marriages, um, we are trying to save law enforcement marriages. That's really the focus of what we're doing. We do go out and speak to um, law enforcement and their wives, but right now we are trying to save marriages, and that's just from our own experience and our own pitfalls, honestly. Well, Vicki, I just want to thank you for sharing your testimony, your story. It's uh, it's really amazing, and uh, it's, uh, I think, going to be a great encouragement to others. So uh, thank you so much, Vicki. Alec, thank you so much, and, and um, God bless you for doing this, and just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for listening to About Faith with Alec Klein. Please stay tuned for our next episode airing on HLE Radio every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central and replayed Sundays at 5 p.m. Central. We'll be hearing inspiring stories from people from all walks of life sharing with us their journey to faith. I'd love to hear from listeners. Please reach out to me through my website, alekklein.net. That's A-L-E-C-K-L-E-I-N dot net. Until next time, have a great week.